Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. But you know what's easy? Bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's insurance or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around the house. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. And we thank them for sponsoring today's podcast. Get your something to wrestle gear at BrucePritchard.com and check out BoxOfGimmicks.com, the official something to wrestle store, where you can find gimmicks for yourself or the fan in your life. New items added weekly. Are you free yet? You heard me. Are you free? Have you experienced that true freedom that you've longed for? Because if not, I'm here to set you free. Free from what, you ask? Well, if you save with Conrad, we can free you from some mortgage payments. But I'm not here to pitch that, no. You get that message loud and clear daily for that matter. I'm here to discuss freeing your tired ears from all the ads throughout your favorite Conrad Thompson-hosted podcast over at adfreeshows.com. Yes, free to listen to Jeff Jarrett, Eric Bischoff, Bruce Pritchard, JR, and the rest of the team without listening to one single ad. Oh yeah, and while you're experiencing that freedom, we decided to give it to you as soon as they stop recording. That's right, both early and ad-free over at adfreeshows.com. And not only that, we have several tier options that you can sign up for today and be part of some of the biggest summer blockbuster events and experiences. So join today and live your best life ad-free over at adfreeshows.com. Welcome. Do something to wrestle with. Something to wrestle with. Bruce Pritchard. Bruce Pritchard. Well, you know. That's not a rib. She pooted. She pooted. What a rib. No, you have a big There's no box of gimmicks. Rumor and innuendo. I don't deal in rumor and innuendo. And was he there? I was there. Say something I don't give a shit. <laughs> I ain't scared. I ain't scared of shit. Fuck you. Fuck you, Bruce. Ah, Say about that. Well, hey, Vince, 
wash your arms a good night. Yeah. You're so big. Yeah. Bullshit. Welcome to WrestleMania. World title man. Welcome to something to wrestle with. Something to wrestle with. Something to wrestle with. Bruce Pritchard. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Something to Wrestle with. Bruce Pritchard. Bruce, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm a grumpy, sourpuss motherfucker in the morning with no shirt on and uh, Gatorades and Diet Pepsis in front of me. That's what I am. How are you? What are you? Uh, well, I'm, I'm fine and I'm glad to be here. We're going to be talking about international incident from 1996. You know, I love 1996. It's one of my favorite years to talk about. And of course, we're going to be talking about it all today. Uh, I gave you two choices today, Bruce. I said, do you want to talk about Trish Stratus or do you want to talk about international incident? Because we have both on the schedule. I got notes for both. I'm ready to go. And you picked in your house. So Trish is still coming your way. Don't worry. We're gonna, uh, where we're, else would I be, Conrad? I am in my house. Exactly. Not in your house. Why did you pick? I'm curious. Why did you pick International Incident 96 instead of Trish? Is it just based on your availability today, or are you really my excited about this topic? It's more. It's it's more chosen on my grumpiness. Okay. Than than anything else because I really like Trish. I see. And and I don't want to disservice Trish. Um, in your house in 1996, I'll disservice that. Well, that's hurtful. That's rude. Why? It just is. It hurts my feelings inside where it counts inside where it counts. Listen, let's get into it. This is How's f- mama doing. Mama's great. Okay. How's your mama dead? Oh man. I was hoping she's going to make a big comeback. No, no. Better than Kelsey's nuts. What was the finish on her? Platter and plate full of piss. <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't want to keep talking about your mom. International incident, 1996. The show is probably more notable for who doesn't appear the ultimate warrior. Now we've covered that in the archives, but you and I haven't really spoken since, uh, everyone was treated to ultimate warrior week earlier this summer. Uh, they had a dark side of the ring and they had an A and E. Did you see the A and E biography on ultimate warrior that you guys did? No, didn't watch it. I'm not surprised. It's not like you got a lot of free time. Yeah. It's uh, in between my leave it to be reruns. I don't have a whole lot of time. I do want to mention, this is such a fascinating time. 1996, 25 years ago. It feels like wrestling changed forever. Really within just a couple of weeks. Stone Cold Steve Austin cuts his famous promo at King of the Ring. Austin 316 is born. The Warrior and the WWF relationship is going to come to an end. And oh, by the way, on the other channel, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Hulk Hogan have formed the NWO. And it's all happening within a few weeks. This is a crazy time in the company, in the business, right? Turmoil. I guess tumultuous would be a really good descriptor for it because I think that WCW at the time was had, you know, that, that magic bullet, if you will, of a feeling of danger and a feeling of what's going to happen next there. And I don't think that we had that same, I don't think we had that same curiosity at the time. 
It's interesting to me to, to look back because we've spent a lot of time talking about 1990 and sort of the passing of the torch from Hulk Hogan to the ultimate warrior. And now here we are six years later. And while warrior seems to be fizzling out here in the WWF, as you like to say, Hulk Hogan's getting a fresh paint of coat on the other channel. And you and I haven't talked about that a ton. What was the internal office reaction? And by that, I guess I really mean Vince, Bruce and Pat to Hulk Hogan turning heel. I think more than anything, it was personally, I I wish we had done it. I wish that we had done it a, a while ago. Um, and it, you know, it was, it was more of their positioning of like it was WWE versus WCW with those talent without, you know, finally they had to come out and say, Hey, you guys don't represent WWE, even though that the commentary tried to drive you that way all the time. And so you're looking at it through business eyes and not necessarily, um, a fan's eyes a lot of times. And to the, to the audience, you know, it was, it was Hulk Hogan. It was something that, that they were familiar with. And I dare say that a lot of people, you know, were ready for him to, to turn. They wanted to boo him. They had been booing him. So you had that, you had the, the, the perfect storm and, and no matter what, you know, anybody says, um, I think that the pivotal moment was Hulk turning heel for WCW. I think that's, that was what made the turn. That's what, when they, when they did that, they made the turn and didn't look back for 83 weeks. I'm curious from your perspective, do you think, I mean, this is all hypothetical, of course, but if you guys had turned Hogan heel in 93, which I think is the time you're talking about, is that right? You were thinking 93, maybe be the time to turn. Yeah. So had you done it three years prior, the NWO clearly doesn't have nearly the effect that it does. But had the NWO not really turned the volume up, maybe you guys wouldn't have been at your best. I mean, iron sort of sharpens iron in hindsight. It's probably better that you didn't turn him heel. It wound up actually helping your business, which I don't think a lot of people from the outside would maybe initially put together. Sure. Because as you said, iron sharpens iron and the you're being challenged now and that gets you on your toes. So yes, it was a, it was a completely different feeling. And as you say, thankful that we didn't right. turn Hulk when we wanted to, or at least I wanted to, um, back in 93. So the, the, you know, it was, I think it was an exciting time to be a, a fan of the product in general, both. What's Vince saying about it? Hogan turning, you know, not a whole lot other than, there was so much resistance from Hulk way back when, you know, um, Hulk and Vince saw Hulk Hogan and the, the real American character as beyond reproach and that, you know, you, you couldn't fuck with that formula. Um, and it was proven wrong. Man, old wrestling just makes you feel good. But CBD isn't about what you feel. It's about what you don't feel stress, anxiety, and pain. And man, this has been a game changer. My wife and I, you know, Megan, 
We're using this stuff all the time. Of course, we're talking about feels. In fact, before we click record today, Bruce bloop, hit that little dropper right under his tongue. It has been a game changer. If you've got any sort of joint pain or nervousness or sleeplessness, this is a solution without the harmful side effects and feels is a better way to feel better. Feels is a premium CBD that will keep your head clear and feeling your best. It's hassle-free. It's delivered directly to your door. And by the way, CBD is going to help you naturally reduce stress, anxiety, pain, sleeplessness with no hangover and no addiction. If you've had some tossing and turning nights, can I recommend feels? You simply place a few drops of feels under your tongue and you feel the difference within minutes. And listen, if you're new to CBD, the thing to remember about CBD is finding your right dose is important and everybody's dose is different. In fact, feels offers a free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience so that you find your perfect dose. The feels customer service team is dedicated to making sure that you get the best use of your CBD. Joining the feels monthly membership makes your self care easy. You'll save money on every order and you can pause or cancel at any time. So start feeling better with feels become a member today by going to feels.com slash wrestle and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's F E A L S.com slash wrestle to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. That's feels.com slash wrestle. That's F E A L S.com slash wrestle feels.com slash wrestle. I'm feeling better. And so is Bruce and you will be too at feels.com slash wrestle. I'm just, uh, I don't know the whole, the parallels that warrior and Hogan's career sort of ran here. Is there a commentary on, on, Hey, when things started to get stale for Hogan, he turned heel. And when things started to get rough for warrior, he just went home. I mean, would warrior as a heel have worked in a different time or place? Or is he one of those characters that could only be that crazy baby face? No, I think Warrior would have been a hell of a heel. It was backstage. And I think that you could take that and put that on camera and easily, easy, easy, easy to hate. It's so fascinating. You know, this, what, like six week time period in 96. Let's just run through it again. Kurt Angle wins the gold medal with a broken freaking neck. The Austin 316 promo happens. Hulk Hogan turns heel. The Warriors leaving. That's all in a six week period. We're shaping professional wrestling for the next decade or decades here in just six weeks. Yeah, I just thought it was a bad month and a half. It's weird, though. I mean, (laughs) with the benefit of hindsight, you know, uh, when these things are happening, it's probably hard to put them all together because you're just trying to get to another day. But when you look back, it's pretty remarkable. All that happened and sit like what? Six weeks. Yeah. I mean, shit was happening in general. And I think that it was a, it was a moment in time where there was so much adjusting and so many different things taking place that you really had to put your head down. You really had to focus on, on your own business. And that's why Man, I can't tell you, with the exception of Bash at the Beach, I can't tell you um, what WCW did during that time on television on Nitro. I have no clue, other than, you know, guys showing up. Uh, We were worried about 
our business and that's that's what I was focused on so to have the time to have the wherewithal uh, I just didn't and we were looking at what we were doing we were hearing what they were doing from other people and again you know it's like oh my god you know uh does Finkel monitor that Fink did Fink watched everything yeah and he would yeah, watch everything and let us know what was going on. When, when you say he let you know, he just pops by the office or does he type up a memo? He would do both. He would let us know, you know, he would either just give us a synopsis of what was going on or he'd usually just stop in and let us know. You and uh, Vince never had their show maybe on a VHS, just playing in the background in the office, just so you could keep up. <sighs> I probably did. Vince, I know, didn't. Uh, please. I don't know. He's ever turned his TV on. <laughs> well, it makes sense. And man. I guarantee you, he wouldn't have had WCW on in the background. Well, let's watch this Steinfeld together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's jump into it. The raw taping after the King of the Ring really sets the stage for international incident. Ahmed Johnson's going to make his first defense as Intercontinental Champion over Triple H and Sonny. It's going to claim she's bringing in a superstar who is uh, ultimately going to be Ron Simmons and go ahead. Baruch Assad. Yeah. Sorry about that. And the undertaker is going to defeat Steve Austin in the main event, which is a match we'll see many times in the coming years. And I, I think as the story goes, as the legend goes, I guess at this point, once Austin cuts the Austin 316 promo. Within a few days, Jr. is going to rip up his current contract and give him a new one on the spot. And we're off to the races. Did you know immediately after the Austin 316 promo, we got something or was it, is it more when you see all the, the, the fans with signs that say Austin 316 the next day, I think everybody, you know, that were fans of Austin, I think everybody saw Austin is that guy. Um, not the guy, but is a top, top guy. And especially when you were looking at nasty heels, um, Steve fit that bill and, and Steve came, man came out of a shell with, uh, you know, the Austin three sixteen says, I just whipped your ass. Well, um, it was, it was done. I mean, you, a blind man could see it. Let's, uh, let's keep going here at the raw show. You guys are going to tape into the future. Of course, this is the era where you do a live show and then tape the next week. And it includes a warrior versus Owen Hart match, which comes to an end when bulldog and Vader, uh, come to help leave the, the warrior laying. It is curious. When did you feel like this whole warrior thing is coming to a head? Did you know in advance? of the ultimate impasse I mean, or was it just right away? Like, buddy, this is like writing with my left hand. This ain't going to work. You know, I gotta tell you from the, from WrestleMania on, I just didn't see how it was going to work. It, it didn't have, you know, it didn't have that panache of, 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 oh boy, you know, it's warrior again. And, and, um, can't wait to see him. It's, it's, it was more of uh, oh God, the hell are we going to do with this again? So there was trepidation. There was, it just was, it wasn't a mesh. It wasn't a good feeling. It wasn't like, you know, you can have people that are, that are difficult to deal with and you learn how to deal with them and you'll deal with it because of the results. There were no results and it was just difficult to deal with. 
Well, the idea behind international incident, again, this is the ninth in your house. It's going to be a Canadian show, uh, from Vancouver. And the thought was, well, let's have quote unquote camp Cornette. So British bulldog, Owen Hart and Vader on one side. And so, uh, you've got, uh, the Canadian influence there with Owen Hart. And then across the ring, it'll be Ahmed Johnson, Shawn Michaels, and the ultimate warrior. How about that for an odd pairing? Yeah, a little bit, but it was, it was basically taking, uh, the top baby faces, take your top baby faces, throw them in a clump and let's go. Um, you, you know, the, the, the other thing that was, was really unique was doing a pay-per-view in Vancouver because Canada was, was difficult at times to do business in how so for getting your trucks across the borders and, and back and forth and, uh, traveling, going across the border. I, it's easier to get in Afghanistan than it is, uh, Canada at times. Well, who and wants, who wants to go to Afghanistan? Who wants to go to Canada? Okay. Well, you just alienated half the audience, but go ahead. I did not because they know I love Canada. It's a beautiful, beautiful country. <laughs> um, and I really do. Because they, <laughs> for so many reasons, Vancouver in particular, where they had Blunt Brothers Cafe, but that's a whole other story that I think I've already told before. And you said that uh, they had some of the best shoe shows around, right? In Vancouver, possibly. I've heard that rumor. Well, there's, you know, there you go. So does Anchorage, Alaska. I didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. They actually more, it's more like a pedicure show. So. <laughs> <laughs> show them tootsies off a pedicure show show okay. them tootsies off show them tootsies off How? show me show me show them tootsies off I just, it just comes out like that see how i just right there boom spending so, my days working hard on the go with hands on the clock keep spinning too slow i can't wait to anyway it's magic <laughs> your magic today this was just what i do at three o'clock in the morning uh, we are recording very, very early just to, uh, accommodate your schedule and, and get our show out on time, but let's talk about Canada in 96. You know, it's been said a lot of times that whenever your wrestling business is down domestically, and this was even the case for impact a few years ago where they may be struggling here stateside internationally, they're doing great business. Canada has always been a feather in the cap for WWF. How important was the Canadian business in 1996? I think Canadian business was always important. And at this time, you know, yeah, they were, they were there. I remember every frigging, uh, boxing day to you, Canadians, um, the day after Christmas is boxing day in Canada to this day. I'm not really sure what boxing day is, but it's a holiday and it's celebrated on December 26th. And for many, many years, no matter where I was on December 25th in the world, doing what with who I could usually count on being in Toronto, Canada on boxing day on December 26th. So I had a very fond, fond love for Canada and Vancouver was absolutely without a doubt. One of the most beautiful, uh, beautiful cities in, in, in all of Canada. I mean, I love Vancouver. It was fun. It just, there was a clean crispness in the air, um, in Vancouver on the other side of the country, man. But it, it was, uh, I don't know, you think I'm bullshit, but Vancouver is fucking fabulous. 
talk to me a little bit about the ultimate warrior. I know that we've, we've covered this in long form. It's in the archives of something to wrestle.com, but I do want you to just briefly remind everybody what the situation is here with warrior missing some shows and how maybe he invents didn't see eye to eye on all that. Yeah. Well, you know, th- this was during a time where warrior, um, I believe this was a time where his father passed. That's right. So we had warrior booked all across the country in different live events and he wasn't showing up, wasn't answering any phone calls. And when he finally did, he talked about, you know, his dad, whom he did not have a relationship with, or at least an estranged relationship at best that he, you know, his dad was dying and then his dad died. And, uh, you know, I've, I've got empathy for that. And there's, you, you want to, you want to believe him, but there were too many other things that didn't add up. Like, you know, demanding that we, we purchase a bunch of his comic books and every month it's an astronomical amount of money and an astronomical, um, uh, ask for the number of pieces that I don't think, you know, Superman, uh, or Spider-Man or any other comic book in the world was doing selling the kind of numbers that warrior was demanding that (laughs) we buy to sell. So it was, there were ulterior motives and I, and I think Jim may have overextended himself a little bit on the comic book side of things. Uh, it was cool. Comic book. You mean, it was beautiful artwork. You mean financially it was a dog and he was trying to push it off on y'all. Well, it was his, it was his project. And I think, he saw that as soon as I get back on WWTV, I'm going to sell millions of these things. Yeah. And that just wasn't that, the case with periodicals. Yeah. So, you know, he looked at it like, well, well, he's getting screwed because he should be selling all these comic books because he's the ultimate warrior. Audience so- felt different. By now, everyone has heard that real estate is hotter than ever. Homes are routinely selling for thousands of dollars above the listing price. But if you aren't looking to sell your home or buy another, you may have wondered, how does today's hot market affect me? Today, your house is very likely worth more than ever before. And that means you have more equity than ever before. And that represents a real opportunity to change your life. Now's the perfect time to consolidate all of your credit cards. You see, the interest you pay on a credit card is not only at a very high rate, it's also not tax deductible. Families just like yours have saved five, six, seven, even $800 per month. And you can too at savewithconrad.com. Oh, and if you've been dreaming of remodeling your kitchen, master bathroom, maybe putting in a pool or even a home theater, this is your chance to turn your house into your dream home with no money out of pocket. So why not let my family get your family the best mortgage you've ever had at savewithconrad.com. First family mortgage, NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months at savewithconrad.com. So he no shows some shows, uh, because his dad passed away and he needed to attend the funeral. And I think, and I'm not saying this to be cute. You and Vince maybe took issue with that. Say, wait a minute. You told us you hated your dad and had no relationship with him. How dare you take off to go no. to your dad's funeral? No, no one ever said that. The rub, if there was a rub there was not communicating. Okay. And not communicating until long after where he wouldn't speak to anybody, wouldn't take anyone's phone call. And then afterwards, that was his excuse. And it's like, come on, all the things personally that have gone on in your life and you have 
come to Vince about and different things and, and this, and then it all kind of came back to financial and all came back to, well, you need to buy my uh, comic book. So bye-bye. Do you know, does Vince have a tell when you know just his demeanor, you've been around him enough where it's like, okay, he's out, he's done. He's finished. Cause I, I, I have to believe at times Vince can be a patient man, but eventually that's enough. Yeah, but there's not a tell, man. You never really know. It just, it's the same as, uh, he never lets you see him sell. He's not going to sell. No, never. So you've told good us times and bad. He's not going to sell when it's good either. Yeah. he never gets too high. He never gets too low. He's just even keel. Kind of like me. I'm easy. Like Sunday morning. Well, I've been too high. I've been too low. It's just kind of like to keep it slow. So you've told us before here on the show that your old school promoter mentality is if for whatever reason, you can't deliver a match that you've promoted, the replacement has to be bigger. Well, literally Sid is bigger. Sid is going to be the guy who gets the call, but he's also a guy who's been around the block with y'all before. And for whatever reason, it came to an end. Who else is discussed before you land on Sid? Is there another idea that could have been a fun? What if? Wow. You know, when you, you go back and you look at the time and the timing of everything with WCW and Hogan and Nash and hall, what have you, I, I don't know that there was a whole lot out there to choose from. So, you know, Sid was available and Sid was somebody that, um, I think, you know, Sid is a lot like Luger in many respects and that Sid had a hell of a career on potential, a, a look that people would kill for, uh, a natural physique that he worked out like, and you know, man, Sid was the kind of guy that got up at four o'clock in the morning and would have two workouts before most people were out of bed. And then he would work out in the afternoon. And he was a health freak. Um, I mean, Sid, Sid worked his ass off to have that fucking crazy ass look. And again, he was a guy that, you know, had intensity in his eyes. There was something special about Sid. You know, psycho Sid was so easy because that's what he looked like. He looked like a psycho, easy to sell. And there was charisma oozing out of Sid, just, um, just walking out through that curtain. Were there any he hurt somebody? Were there any hurt feelings after his first run? Because he had been here before main event at WrestleMania, the whole deal. And well, he didn't stick around. And I think a lot of people started to sort of poke fun at the softball stuff and missing shows and all that. Do you remember bringing him back here? There being okay. Now listen, it's gotta be different this time. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it really wasn't dwell- there wasn't much dwelling on the past at all. Good. You know, when Sid came back, Sid came back as a replacement in a spot where we needed someone. So when he comes back, are you are you taking more of a wait and see approach? I mean, I know that sounds funny, and I know it's not the plan at this point, but things are gonna change and the next WrestleMania, he's in the main event against the Undertaker. He's the world champion. Right. But based on his reliability or perhaps lack thereof. 
it doesn't feel like that would have been the original plan. So are you just like, Hey man, we got our ass in the sling with this warrior thing. Let's bring Sid in. Just see what happens. Well, again, with, you know, the, the lack of warrior, you look at it and you go, okay, let, let's go with what we do have. Right. And Sid was playing nice at the time. And he was probably one of the biggest stars that we had. Hypothetically, if Sid was not available, warriors out, you got to deliver something big. Bret Hart was on the bench. He's on hiatus at this time. Would he have been a backup plan perhaps? Quite possibly, but I don't think that Brett was available due to, you know, I think due to, due to his, his schedule and, and doing whatever it was Sinbad or Lonesome Dove or whatever at the time. It was reported in the observer that Barry Wyndham had a meeting with Vince. And of course we know he's eventually going to return as the stalker. Are you reaching out to Barry or is Barry calling you? Barry was calling us and it was also, you know, one of those, I always thought Barry Wyndham was an incredible talent, man. Just another guy that had charisma oozing out the ass and of in a very, if you ever meet Barry, man, you, you, you walk away feeling like he'll remember you for forever. And, and just Barry has that way with people. Barry is, is one of the most likable humans I've ever had the pleasure to be around. Um, but yeah, I think it was a little bit of both. I think it was, Hey, they got anything. It's like, Hey, Barry, you interested? Yeah. Come on in. Let's talk. Are you having, what's the context of those conversations with a guy like Barry Windham? Is it all about, you know, the money and the number of dates, is it more about creative? Do you have a goals type conversation? What's that look like for a guy like Barry? Uh, really, man, you know, in, in these years at this time that there never was a, Hey, this is how much money you're going to make that that didn't take place. That was, you know, wanted to come to work. Uh, Hey, I'd like to, I'd like to come into the territory if you will, but I'd like to come work for your company. And the guys understood business made money. We, the talent made money and that's how it worked for a guy like Barry. It was come on in. What do you want to do? How do you see yourself? I think that, uh, both Barry and us, we both thought that, you know, Hey, bring him Barry Wyndham back. I don't know how, how special that is and how much that's going to mean. So what kind of character, what, how can we put a, fresh paint of coat on, on Barry. Right. And you land on the stalker. And I think you've told us before that came from just a meeting where Vince is trying to get to know Barry. What do you like to do type of thing? Right. Barry was living out on this compound with his then wife, I believe, um, may still be married for all I know. I don't know. Um, but this, just 300 acres or whatever of Florida, Georgia land. And <laughs> you, you go out there and <clears throat> all Barry did was hunting fish. It's all he was doing, but he would talk about like stalking the animals and you know, like, Oh my God, there, I got this boar on my land. And this some bitch is is eating my deer. It's eating this. It's doing that. And and he would stalk animals. And he would go out and 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 hunt. He liked you know he liked to hunt 
it, it, the very basics, you know, bow and arrow and, and knife. And, you know, he kind of was, it's funny while he did that, he always had a couple guns on his hip just to make sure for the snakes and everything else that was around. Um, but it was, it was a cool place. And the more we started talking and we, we started thinking about different things and came up with ideas for these vignettes with this camo paint and you put him in situations out in the wild where you can't see him and he appears out of nowhere and you think you're looking at him, but it's really a reflection in the water, just different concept shit that became the stalker. Let's, uh, let's talk about Sean Waltman. He's also going to have a meeting with Vince and it's written in the uh, newsletters at the time that no decision was made about his future, but not too terribly long after this, he's going to wind up leaving and going to WCW. Why was it time for, uh, Sean to go learn a new hold here? I think he'd run his course. He'd really just run his course at that time. And there was, you know, one, two, three kid was not, not a big draw and he was a great worker, excellent worker, but I think it took him going away and coming back yep. to get that attitude that, and, and get the one, two, three kid off of him. The character had grown stale. Yes. Well, so has Basil DeVito. Let's talk about that. The observer would write Basil DeVito, longtime vice president with Titan sports, who left a few years back was hired back as a consultant when it comes to business development in a sense, he'll be replacing Lisa Wolf, who was another company VP in charge of business development and human resources. Talk to us about Basil DeVito, not a guy we've spent a lot of time talking about. Okay. Well. Basil DeVito replacing Lisa Wolf trying to think of a good analogy here is like taking one of the greatest business people to replace a McDonald's order taker. Not a big fan of Lisa, huh? No, I'm not. I'm not. I thought she was, um, vindictive and, and not a nice person and not very good at her job. And her job was not business development. Her job was human resources. And a lot of people, Kevin Nash and whatnot, have uh, had a little fun talking about Lisa Wolf that she really didn't get professional wrestling. No, you know, see, I don't have fun talking about Lisa. I have PTSD talking about Lisa. And it's, uh, yeah, she was, she was out of her, she was, she was out of her bailiwick. With us, definitely a different world and a different, uh, different feel than anything she thought she'd ever been in before. You think one day there's enough meat on the bone for us to do at least a wolf episode. I think that so much of the Lisa memory with me personally is suppressed. And I don't know that I could get it all out. There are, um, you know, Lisa Wolf was really the only other, really maybe the only person that ever made me quit. Wow. And I just couldn't take it anymore. I, I couldn't deal with it. Now, I don't hate to do a timeout here, but I want to make sure I've got the time frame right. JJ Dillon is, is helping run talent relations. Lisa Wolf right. was doing human resources. Did right. they have to interface a lot? Yes. How, how was that relationship? Um, 
I think JJ would tell you it was horrible. He hated working with her too. Oh yeah. There wasn't anybody that liked working with her. She just had a way. I challenge you to find a person that enjoyed working with her. I've never heard one nice thing spoken of her. Yeah. Which makes me wonder why was she here? Was she a Vince hire? Was she a Linda hire? Somebody made the decision that even though nobody gets along with her, she has value. Um, she was a necessary hire from the standpoint of restructuring the company and, you know, looking at it from a complete outsider, looking in from a business point of view and a personnel point of view. So she, as far as putting people in place and the right jobs and all that, she came highly recommended. I just think that she had her Rolodex and that was it. And then everybody, yeah, Lisa Wolf was the person that told me that no one should ever stay at a job longer than two years. Mm. You need to move on, build your resume. I said, but isn't a good resume that you've been at a job for a long time and you've gone up the ranks there. Oh no, 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 no. You got to have multiple jobs, but every time that you leave, you got to go to a better job. That's how you build your resume. That's called success in life. Okay. What's yeah. And she was from New York and had the, the New York accent and, or no, she's from Boston, Boston. And, um, allegedly had a boyfriend named Bobby. And, um, wait, wait, wait. Why'd you flip no, me? No, 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 no. So, uh, why'd you flip me off? I didn't flip you off. Yes, you did. So, <laughs> it was, uh, okay. Yeah, there, there were a lot of imaginary people <laughs> in, that, in that world. And, um, her brother, uh, th- th- here's another great. So, uh, my, bro- my brother. And Stephen Aerosmith, they're best friends and all this shit, right? So Aerosmith was coming to the Meadowlands. And I said, well, shit, they're such good friends, man. Can you get me? He can get you any tickets you need anywhere ever. Now, in our business, when someone says that, like, okay, hey, great, man. I hate asking for tickets hate asking for tickets. I hate being asked for tickets. And, but this offer was made and I'm a big fan of Aerosmith. So I said, Hey, shit. Yeah, man. Um, they're coming to the metal lands. I'd, I'd love to see Aerosmith. Ain't thinking you can get me four tickets. She, one of these people that like gets him on the phone right there. And she says, I've got Bruce Pritchard here and blah, blah, blah. He'd like Aerosmith tickets. And he goes, yeah, hey, shit, yeah, man. What do you need? What do you need, bud? Anyway, you get four, done. Holy shit. I said, look, man, I'm happy to pay for them. Uh, You know, whatever and everything. Just, oh, my God, thank you. He says, yeah, just give me your credit card. Whip out my credit card, give him a credit card number. I don't know how much those tickets cost. I do. Eighteen hundred dollars. 
Well, you got the hookup. You know how much people sitting next to us paid for their tickets? How much? $21. This Mother's Day and Father's Day, look no further for the perfect gift than paintyourlife.com. It's worked for me every time. And when I say every time, I mean it. I've used paintyourlife.com to bring tears to the eyes of my mom, my dad, even my father-in-law. And right now I'm ordering one for my mother-in-law, all from paintyourlife.com. My mother-in-law's life is her dog, Missy. And this year, my wife and I knew exactly what to get my mother-in-law for Mother's Day, a painting of Missy. It really is that simple too. All we needed was a a picture from our phone. Boom, we're up and running. You see, paintyourlife.com can really create a hand-painted portrait to fit almost any budget. And it's the perfect gift for your mother, your father, or both. I've used it, as I said, on almost every person in my life. I've given these to my wife. I've given it to my cousin, my mom, my dad, my father-in-law. If I'm looking to give a truly meaningful, personable gift, I know the paintyourlife.com has my back and they're going to make it easy. You can go ahead and start the entire process in less than five minutes. And what's really cool about paintyourlife.com is they can even combine photos. Maybe you want to put two people who never met in one of your favorite vacation spots. You can do that. Just upload the photos. Bam. You're good to go. Maybe grandpa never got to meet his grandson with paintyourlife.com. That can become a reality. You can put people and places together. Even if they've never been there, you pick the artist, you pick the medium. Do you want oil, acrylic, watercolor, charcoal? You can even go ahead and pick out an awesome frame. The whole process to get started, as I said, takes less than five minutes and you can actually get your painting in as little as two weeks, but you work hand in hand with the artist to get every detail. Perfect. If you're looking to get those waterworks going to have your mom or your dad tear that paper and just almost be overcome with emotion, that's what I got. And I've never gotten that reaction to a gift card. You can give the most meaningful gift you've ever given at paintyourlife.com. There's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded guaranteed. And right now as a limited time offer, get 20% off your painting. That's right. 20% off and free shipping. Now to get this special offer, just text the word wrestle to eight, seven, two, zero, four. That's wrestle to eight, seven, two, zero, four text wrestle to eight, seven, two, zero, four paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most message and data rates may apply. See paintyourlife.com slash terms for details. Oh my goodness. It was a ticket broker. Uh Uh-huh. Well, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I can get you whatever you need, man. Sure. I love. I didn't even ask, like an idiot. Yeah, I didn't ask how much. Right. But I, I always offered to pot to pay to buy them. I'm, of course. I'm not gonna ask you for comps. They just didn't know that the fucking twenty one dollar tickets were gonna cost me four hundred twenty nine dollars more than everybody else. It's a lot. Uh huh. And he he threw in a fee in there too. Of course. Of course. All right, y'all check this out. It's a fact. Refinancing your credit card balances can lower your interest rate and save you money. And you don't need to be a financial expert to do this. Right now, you can get a credit card consolidation loan from my friends at Lightstream with a rate as low as 5.93% APR with auto pay and excellent credit. That's lower than the average credit card interest rate of over 19% APR. That means you could save thousands of dollars in interest. 
The rate is fixed, so it will never go up over the life of the loan. You can get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000 with no fees. Plus, you can even get your money in your bank account as soon as the day you apply. Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a better loan experience, and that's exactly what they deliver. Just for my listeners, you can apply right now for a special interest rate discount and save even more. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash wrestle. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M.com slash wrestle. Subject to credit approval, rates range from 5.93% APR to 19.99% APR and includes a half a percent auto pay discount. Lowest rate requires excellent credit. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash wrestle for more information. That's lightstream.com slash wrestle. That's lightstream.com slash wrestle. So let's talk about Basil DeVito. He's back. Uh, he left a few years prior. Why did he leave? Why is he coming back? Is Vince calling him? Is he calling back? And what can you tell us about Basil? It's a name we hear occasionally, but most of us don't really know much about him. Basil was head of promotions uh, when I first started there. Um, I think Basil was from Indiana or hell. He might be from up here. His dad owns a, um, an oil delivery service. So see Conrad up here in the Northeast, you got the, these, these oil, oil things in your, in your house for heating. And the oil truck backs up to the oil spigot and they put oil in your, your oil thing. And then when it gets cold, the oil heats up your house. So you got oil heat. See down in, down in, in the Avalama in Texas, we just turn on the goddamn heat and the air conditioner. Yep. Yeah. No, 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 <laughs> no. You got to have propane. You got to have oil. 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 You don't like to put in your car. Got it. Yeah. Pins oil. You gonna tell me about basil. Or are we just going to keep doing this oil bit? <laughs> <laughs> so basil had gone to help his dad with his oil business. Okay. And then, uh, he came back. Basil's a smart guy, man. Basil worked with NBA and, uh, loved horse racing. So he was, he was involved with the folks with Kentucky Derby and Preakness and all that. Um, was an avid fan of that, but also really loved to work with them on the promotion of it. So Basil came from uh, a lot of experience and was one of those people that all, that had a way with Vince that Vince trusted and, and had proven very successful over the years. For many years, Basil and Bob Collins were a tag team. So he reaches out to Vince or, or you guys reach out to Basil? I don't really remember. Uh, I, I don't remember. It was just like, Hey, Basil's coming back, but he's, he's going to come back and help us with some of our, you know, new business ventures. And we'll take it from there. See what see if he comes on full time. I don't even remember if Basil ever really did ever come back as a full-time employee. I know he's been back many times to consult on a lot of different business ventures through the years, but, uh, is there something that we fans who are watching at home, uh, maybe we saw on TV or we heard about or read about that you could sort of point to and say that was basil basil did that, whatever it may be. As far as basil, I think basil may have been the one that, uh, brought up the, 
the three different locations that, that may have been Vince, but I know Basil ran Chicago and, and things of that nature. If you want to see Basil and Ed Cohen, two people that uh, were very interest, instrumental, if you go to the Wrestling Classic on Peacock and, yep. and check out the Wrestling Classic, Basil and Ed Cohen are the ones that are holding the fishbowl for the guys to draw their names in the wrestling classic tournament. That's cool. Yeah. Basil's a big, tall one. Ed Cohen's a short one with the mustache, but, um, you know, Bob, Bob Collins was more of a promoter. Bob Collins was more of Ringling brothers and, and things like that. So, you know, Bob did the, the bus, Bob did the, the blimp Basil, um, Basil was more along the lines of strategic things, where to run, and let's have this press conference at the Harley Davidson mm. Cafe. Let's, you know, the, those kind of uh, Lawrence Taylor workouts, yeah, shit like that. Got it. That was that was Basil DeVito's thinking and type of promotion. What about Mark Henry? And this is the era where he's going to be sponsored by the WWF and his Olympic run. How does he come on your radar? And would that have been a basal initiative perhaps? No, that was a, that was a, uh, dunking championship initiative. Terry Todd, who was Mark Henry's manager and mentor. Great guy. Uh, Terry was a writer and a power lifter. Austin, Texas, university of Texas. God bless Texas. Um, Terry had done an article for SI about Andre, the giant many years before that and had become friendly with Vince. So from time to time, if Mark Henry, Mark Henry, if uh, Terry Todd would come across talent, he thought would be good for the business. He'd call Vince and get him in touch. And that's what he did with Mark Henry saying, look, this kid's going to the Olympics. He's got a ton of personality. Check him out on this NBA dunk challenge. And there was Mark Henry dunking a basketball. So he had a lot of charisma and athleticism. It'd be crazy to think too that both Mark Henry and Kurt Angle are both competing in those 96 Olympics. And here they are WWE hall of famers. Yeah. It's reported in the observer quote, McMahon is making an effort to sign a lot of the key guys to five-year deals as he apparently wants to avoid more hall and Nash situations. Do you remember that being a paradigm shift to that regard? Like, Hey, wait a minute. Now we've invested all this time, effort, energy, and cash in building these characters. And then they're taking what we've built and using it against us. We need to lock these guys up. Yeah, it was. And the conundrum there was how do you guarantee any kind of money beyond the whatever $25 for TV that we had guaranteed in there. And it, it caused everybody to take a whole brand new look at the business and the way that we've run the business traditionally for so many years that, all right, you, you got to time up for a longer period of time. And in order to do that, you, you need to give them something, you know, more substantial when you're hearing all these rumors about what WCW is doing and allegedly giving to everybody. Uh, you mentioned earlier, sometimes travel to Canada could be difficult. Do you remember your travel for this show? Anything stick out? God, I don't know. Unless it was. Yeah, I have no idea. Unless this was the Blunt Brothers Cafe, I don't think. I think the Blunt Brothers Cafe came a little bit later. <laughs> All right, Bruce, we're finally here. It's time to get to the pay per view. Uh, General Motors Place. Did I tell you what's coming my way here shortly? What's coming your way, Bruce? 
some some homemade cinnamelt things. What is a cinnamelt? Uh, McDonald's used to have them. little like little bites of cinnamon, uh, like they're basically like a little round donut hole type thing of a cinnamon roll. Okay. With gooey, yummy cinnamon sugar and shit and icing on top of it. And you're eating that for breakfast. I will be if they bring it in to me. What do you think if Vince were here and saw you eating cinnamon swirlies for breakfast, what would he say? He would say, God damn, I'm proud of you, pal. Okay. What are you having for breakfast? I, I won't be having breakfast today. I'm, I'm recording no? a podcast with you and then one with Jeff Jarrett. Oh, well, you're going to eat. I'm going to eat during this. I'm going to, I'm going to pretend, I'm going to make you pretend like you're doing Ric Flair. So I was just going to say, this is the Ric Flair show all of a sudden, <laughs> which maybe is one of the funniest moments in my entire podcast run here where he's talking, we're having a conversation about some sort of uh headlock on hunger type campaign where we're feeding hungry people and he's just eating kimchi into the microphone. It's tremendous. Well, where'd you want him to eat it? I don't know. Downstairs before. We <laughs> and I'm like, Rick, they can hear you. Eating. No, they can't. No, the mic's not picking that up. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll make sure you hear me. Oh yeah. I'm looking forward okay. to it. I wish we were recording video of this. Cause you, we would see a shirtless cinnamon covered Bruce Pritchard momentarily. Drinking his fourth Gatorade of the. Last two hours. Yeah. Do you want to tell everybody what you got going on? Uh, I got poopies going on. It's yeah. like runny poopies and it's not very pleasant. And I'm um, a, a lot this morning. Apparently. Huh? It's a lot this morning. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. I was up all night, all morning and you're fucking calling me and beeping me and doodly do, 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 I can't answer it. Cause I'm, I'm indisposed. I don't want to hear that. You said this past week, I can't record on Saturday. I got out of town guests, but we could do Sunday night. Okay. Crickets. I get a call Monday. Hey, let's do tomorrow morning, tomorrow morning. Crickets. I got double crossed. And then you said, I'll be done at the end of the day. I'll be ready at five, six 30. I just say, Hey, this ain't looking so good, huh? Then you say, we'll do it tomorrow morning. And then yesterday morning, <laughs> you just sleep. And now this morning, I didn't sleep long. You, you said, listen, I'm sorry. This is my fault. I'll be ready tomorrow morning at seven. I did. I slept, I slept my ass off. Cause I thought somebody was going to wake me up early and they didn't. Well, I so called, I called 182 else. times. Huh? I, I called 182 times. Cause you won't respond to text messages. You got your ringer off, but the phone will ring and wake your big ass up. And now here you are spiking the ball on me saying, oh yeah, my wife's in there making me, uh, sticks. Buns, cinnamon stick, roll melts, swirly holes. It's more like a melty thing. It's like the 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 center of a cinnamon roll in every bite. You're pretty excited about this. Ah, oh, I love cinnamon. Cinnamon's my favorite. All right, guys. By now you know that Bruce and I absolutely love our dogs. Uh, of course, uh, Stephanie Pritchard has dedicated her life to animals, and she has been on board with our sponsor, Solid Gold, from day one. Before we have any sort of pet sponsors here on the show, Mrs. Pritchard is going to vet it. She's going to do all kinds of research and what she come up with. It turns out solid gold's the real deal. 
Now, you've been hearing us talk about these guys for a long time, specifically Sissy McGill. She was the founder. She's a trailblazer in the space. She created a holistic pet food company here in America back in 74, way before it was cool. And her original recipe, dog flakes, I think that's like a Hundenflocken in German. Anyway, it's now provided an awesome and quality and, and great nutritional health for over 20 generations of dogs. And her motivation for that was these European Great Danes were outliving Americans. How is that? Not now. No more. Sissy McGill drew a line in the sand and said, we're going to build a nutritional platform that's inspired by our founding belief that high quality food is the best way to impact our pets, mind, body, and spirit. It really has been a game changer. We are big believers in solid gold. We've noticed the difference in our dogs, Ginger and Baby here at the house. We wouldn't dare feed our dogs anything else. You have to try this. If you really care about your dog and you want to understand how to best serve them, you should start with this. 80% of the immune system is influenced by the gut. So if you're feeding your dogs the right stuff, it's going to help them better combat environmental allergies. They're going to have a better quality of life. And they're our best friend, right? Don't they deserve the best? Solid gold is the best and has been for like 45 years. Check this out. They have a recipe for any dog or cat's dietary needs, including healthy whole grain, grain-free options, wet food, supplements like sea mail, and of course, everybody's favorite, 100% human-grade bone broth for dogs. Buddy, you put a cap full of that in your food, they're going nuts. They love it. Uh, Bruce's dogs actually know what the sound of the cap sounds like, and they get all fired up. Solid gold foods are just different because they cleanse the digestive system with whole superfoods. They balance with living probiotics and they fuel with omega three and six fatty acids, supporting gut health and nourishing your pet both inside and out. And right now to save 30% on solid gold products, you can go to solidgoldpet.com slash wrestle. That's solidgoldpet.com slash wrestle to save 30% on select solid gold products. Remember, it's solidgoldpet.com slash wrestle. I'm telling you, if you love your dog, you got to get them solid gold. They're going to love it. They're going to have a better quality of life for your best friend. And they deserve the best. They deserve solid gold. Check it out. Solidgoldpet.com forward slash wrestle. Well, let's jump into the show here. Uh, July 21st, 1996, the gate was $214,985 Canadian, which is roughly $87 American. Uh, there's 14,804 fans. Now there. you're making fun of Canada. You had nearly 12,000 paying fans here, Bruce, 11,955. It feels like business is doing pretty well here. It was, yeah, it was. And that's, that's what people always, always kind of forget about in the Monday night wars business was doing well for, for everyone. And, um, you know, in particular WCW, because they had never experienced business like that before. So they heralded that, but business was, was starting to pick up pretty much everywhere. On the pre-show, Jim Cornette and Jose Lothario are going to get into it and Cornette does a money back guarantee where he says, if my team doesn't win the main event, I'll refund every ticket and every pay-per-view. How old school Southern is that dude? God damn. They believe it. Cause look at him. He's got a nice cowboy shirt on. Motherfucker. 
So our very Fuck first you, motherfucker. When's the last time you talked to Jim? It's been a while since he started hating me. You think y'all will ever be friends again? I look, man. I mean, I know you I, consider him a friend. I have absolutely zero animosity towards Jim Cornette for anything in any way, shape, or form. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that. No, I, I never have. Well, I didn't say you had. I mean, I know he's upset with you. What's that? You applied it. No. Okay. I asked if y'all could be friends again. I'd like that. Uh-huh. I like. Yeah. Let's talk about the match. We got Body Don is working with Smoking Guns. That's a very 1996 matchup. They go 13 minutes and five seconds. And uh, Meltzer would write this before the match. The Body Donnas did an interview, clumsily explaining why Cloudy wasn't there. They've dumped the character. It appears the WWF has gotten sensitive about the charges of too many transvestite slash lesbian slash perverted type characters. Although the cloudy deal clearly wasn't working at all. We've talked about it before, but catch everybody up on Jimmy shoulders, AKA cloudy and why this was even a thing. Oh God, it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. It was a way to get sunny away from the body Donna's and kind of out on her own. And the, I think the idea came from uh, skip from Chris Candido with the old Jimmy shoulders. They have them in, in their corner. And instead of sunny, it's not going to be a sunny day. It'll be a cloudy day. What's the opposite of sunny cloudy. Yeah. You proud of that? No. Yeah. I, uh, I think maybe it was good. I think my favorite cloudy story I've ever heard is, uh, Tracy Smothers. Have you heard Tracy Smothers tell his cloudy story? Oh, I can already wait. Supposedly when Tracy comes in as Freddie Joe Floyd, this is around the same era. Cloudy's there. And he had been friendly with Mark Calloway back into the WCW days, but now he's working here in the WWF. And of course, Mr. Calloway is the undertaker. So he's a top guy. So Tracy's hanging around and Mr. Calloway sees the cloudy persona and makes some sort of comment to his circle of friends at the time in that group, man, some people will do anything for a job around here. Won't they? And supposedly Tracy said, I know, man, you've been dead for six years, right? Which is just a great cloudy line. Uh, the match itself is not that bad. Uh, I actually watched it this week and I kind of dug it, but apparently it was not well received by Mr. Meltzer. He gave it three quarters of a star. He says all four worked hard, but it just didn't click. Fans still aren't into the body Donna's as baby faces. There was a buns of steel chant, obviously directed at Sonny, who comes across as the only star of the tag team division. At one point, Sonny did a fainting spot and skip acted concerned while zip tried to talk him out of being concerned. And then he got by Sonny. She slapped him and the guns jumped him. So Sonny is heavily involved in the match. Do you think that's to the detriment of the tag team division? Like, was there, was there too much of a focus on her? Did she sort of overshadow the in-ring action at times or. I think that she may have been one of the few reasons that people would have watched those matches. I agree. So I don't think she overshadowed it at all. I thought she brought attention to it. What was it about Sonny? She just had a presence. 
Um, I'm sure she did. Sonny had, man, she had charisma and she had personality. Uh, no, you met her. No, she had a lot of personality. Um, what'd you think of the match? The, and what'd you think of the body Donna's as a baby face? I mean, just them as a baby face, as a concept, that didn't really make sense. Right. I mean, that's kind of like me being a baby face. It's impossible. Right. And, uh, and the guns is heels didn't work. Yeah. People want to like the smoking guns and they want to yeah. boo the body Donna's, but it feels like we've just got everybody sort of out of, out of sorts. Yeah. It just, to me was. It was a good match. It was a really good match, but it just was not a whole lot of um, feeling from it. What was your relationship like with Tom in this era? Was he frustrated? And if he was, was he able to express that to you? Or are y'all, uh, is it sort of boys and office at that point? No, I think Tom was, I think they, everybody on that side was pretty frustrated. I think Tom was frustrated with the whole body Donna gimmick and with the, the whole drama of Sonny and skip and everybody involved. I think it, you know, it was a lot. I think he would have been happier just, you know, wrestling somewhere anywhere and not have to deal with the drama and the Gaga, the Gaga at a pace. Did you think when you look at these four guys, well, maybe not you. Did Vince think there was a breakout star here? I mean, once upon a time, he plucked Bret Hart out of a tag team and Shawn Michaels out of a tag team with the body Donna's and the smoking guns. If Vince had to bet, would he have put his money on Billy Gunn as being the breakout star? Absolutely. Billy and Bart, both. It just, they, they had the, they had the size, they had the looks, uh, were good workers. I just think for whatever reason, sometimes that personality getting it out of them, which you, which you got backstage. Um, and then what you got on camera were two different things. Was Candido just a little undersized for Vince's taste. Would that keep him from being a, a viewed in that way? Because personality wise, he had it. Everybody loves talking about, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of people who had a bad thing to say about him and his matches were great. So what was it that kept Candido from moving up in Vince's mind? Maybe yeah, I think part of it was his attitude. Chris okay. always had a chip on his shoulder. And, um, you know, he wasn't the biggest guy in the world, yeah. but he, it was, had, had to, uh, I don't want to say he argued about everything, but kind of always had a comment and a, a better way to do it. Um, I got in you. his mind that was very, I think Chris would have been great in the sixties. Chris would have been a top guy in the sixties. How so? That was the era that he loved. That was the era and the style that, that he truly loved. And he could have, he could have fit in that era being that wrestling heel. He would, he would have been great in the sixties and seventies. Next up is supposed to be mankind versus Jake Roberts, but supposedly Roberts goes a wall and no shows. Uh, what do you remember about what's going on here? Because Jake eventually does return, but he's just not here for this show. Did he have trouble getting across? I believe that Jake was, uh, not welcome in Canada at the time. Got it. Did you not know that when you booked it and you found out after the fact? No, it was there. 
you work on paperwork, uh, what the fuck's it called? A minister's permit. And for people to get in that sometimes may have trouble getting in. And I just don't think that everything got done in time. Got it. It was supposed to be done on time, but. NMLS number 65084 equal housing lender. Woo! With the real estate market being so hot, you have more equity than ever before. Use that equity to consolidate all of your credit card debt and get the cash you need to turn your house into your dream home at savewithconrad.com. Who's, uh. Whose lap would that fall on? Is that a JJ Dillon thing? Yeah, that's a combination of a few different. You've got you've got the folks in Stanford, then you've got the folks in Canada, and then you were at the mercy of the government of the government of Canada. So next up, instead of getting uh, and man, that could have been fun when you think about it. Mankind versus Jake Roberts. We get Mankind versus Henry Godwin. They go just under, pretty close. They go just under seven minutes. Uh, mankind at one point took the mats from the floor and gave Godwin a uh, neck breaker. And later he took a slam off the apron and splats on the concrete floor. The finish would see Godwin try the slop drop, but mankind's going to hold on to the ropes and then quickly use the mandible claw. And that's all she wrote star in a quarter, obviously not the level of matches Foley's going to go on to have in his, uh, pay-per-view career, but this is a, a last minute sort of thrown together match, but it still showcases what Foley can do. Right. Yeah, I think that at this time in, in his career, I think mankind was showing everybody that he was a player. You know, he wasn't Cactus Jack Foley and he wasn't, you know, just doing crazy shit. It was, man, there was some psychology there and some nice perverted twistedness to the mankind character that people could identify with. And he was coming into his own. I think you could put Mick up against anybody at this time. And Mick would have shined and made his opponent look a thousand times better as well. Let's uh, talk about the next match. It's Steve Austin and Mark Marrow. This is a rematch from King of Marco. the Ring. Marco. I got to go 10 minutes. And... I always think when you say Marco to me, uh, you want me to answer back. I do. You just want me to answer in general. Uh, yeah. Just any response. I might any actually post a screen grab of mine and your text conversation because it's just me texting you over and over and over with no reply. That's not, yeah, but okay. That's not fair. Cause like today it's, it's, uh, okay. It is a whole page. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but it's, it's, they're all in a row. That's not fair. I mean, I could give you a, I could text you a bunch of, uh, uh, I'm up called no answer. Tried Skype and phone. Come on, baby. Wakey, wakey eggs and bakey. Well, Jesus Christ, man, you set the time you set the day and then, you no show Did over I? and over and over. I got shit to do, man. I'm sorry. But I mean, you're excited about your goddamn cinnamon melts and your little poo-poos and your Gatorades. Yeah. Can we talk about Mark Mara? I thought I was. They're really pushing the uh, accident from King of the Ring where Mara kicked Austin in the mouth. That's where, of course, where he had those uh, stitches. Oh, Bruce is getting his delivery. What? Ooh, look at that, Amber. I'm on, I'm on TV, on, on radio. They can't see you. He can see you, but they can't hear you. So if you want to say hi, I could only be the only one to hear you. That's not true. Conrad can hear me. I can hear you just fine. Yeah. Hi, Conrad. Hey, Amber. 
Okay, baby, go. Okay, have fun. Um, You're really eating on the show now. This is where we are. We're eating on the show. Oh, fuck. Well, you can't tell. What was that? You can't tell. Oh, right. That's right, Mr. <laughs> Flair. You're exactly right. I can't hear this. No. <laughs> this is fucking gross. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm looking at a shirtless Bruce Pritchard with bedhead and a, and a gallon of Gatorade and his lights are off in his office and it's just a monitor glow as he tries to see how big a piece of cinnamon bread he can fit in his mouth. <laughs> you had to really stretch on that one. <laughs> went in at an angle to get it in. But you couldn't hear it. No, you couldn't hear it. I'm giving play by play though. So they can have the same Bruce Pritchard experience that I am right now. God damn. That's heaven. So this is a good match. Uh, Meltzer would say nowhere close to as good as their King of the ring match though. Three stars. Did Austin and Mero have chemistry or not so much? No, they didn't. Steve didn't like working with Mark. Uh, Mark wasn't really good. And, um, you know, Mark gets a bad rap and I think that Mark mistakes sometimes his talent in the ring, which Johnny B bad character was over and he played very well. Mark wasn't a great worker and Mark didn't have a lot of charisma on his own. Mark Merrill, the human being, I think is a really nice guy and a good person, but I think that he just, you know, was fucked up in the head a little bit. From this point going forward, the, uh, the momentum is really starting to turn on Austin. I mean, the crowd's really behind him as a baby face in this match. You guys are taking notice that even though he's booked as a heel fans, don't want it. They want to cheer this guy in Canada. Yeah. They're loving him. So it's, it's funny when you look at this and then you think through a year or two and Steve's coming out and, and it's, it's all anti-America and anti-Steve Austin because he's working with Brett. Let's jump into, um, the little story that's happening here in the match, Marlena and the usher, of course, this is part of the gold dust presentation come out apparently to give a gift to Sable, but instead they give an envelope to Lawler who hands it to McMahon and it's never referred to again. Meltzer would say the timing of this was bad as she distracted the crowd with her entrance as the guys were building up a string of hot moves. What was this supposed to be? What's the thinking here? Do you recall? I don't, I don't fucking remember at all, but I will say this. You ever seen the, uh, the wizard of Oz? Yeah. You remember when the flying monkeys were flying and it looked like they were all in, um, uh, old school yeah. movie theater outfits. Yep. That's what Richie Posner looked like here. I agree. Yeah. He looked like the old school monkey from the wizard of Oz. I don't remember what the fuck the letter was. Huh? Getting old. You are. Uh, next up, we got undertaker working with gold dust. They go 12 minutes and seven seconds. Uh, Meltzer would say the first three minutes and 15 seconds was all stalling. Uh, of course, eventually they get going and wouldn't, you know, it. Mankind's here. He's going to come out from under the ring and put the claw on the undertaker for the DQ. And then he drags him under the ring and a bunch of smoke comes from under the ring and fans are chanting rest in peace. Finally, undertaker pops up from under the ring and chases mankind to the back. 
the two theoretically continue to brawl backstage and they are shown a, uh, poorly lit clip of the two apparently fighting in a boiler room. Of course, we know this is going to be used to set up the boiler room match at SummerSlam. Man, Undertaker and Foley had great chemistry. What do you think about Undertaker and Goldust, though? How did they click? I think they missed. For whatever reason, uh, two great workers, they missed. I don't think they really had good chemistry. And it was it was oftentimes a chore to, to, to pull that out of them. The... Undertaker, you know, to the contrary, Undertaker and Mankind just without even talking had great chemistry and and were able to pull out everything under the sun. And this was during time, you know, <laughs> we're getting to the Boiler Room Brawl in Cleveland, which um, damn near killed the Undertaker um, with staph infection. But it was it was an interesting time and a lot of interesting. You, you, you're telling multiple stories in, in every damn match and in, in every show with multiple characters involved with not just one foe, a lot of different things. Let's talk about, um, the, the, the gold dust push, if you will, the almighty push as Jr. talks about, does it feel like from this point on the character is maybe losing a little steam? I mean, I think you could even say when he dropped the belt to Ahmed, he never really got that momentum back. I think the character had a limited shelf life. And what I mean by that is that you could use the character in spurts over the long haul. It was, he needed rest. He needed rest periods. You know what I mean? Yeah. To continue that controversial type of character for too long, you you have to have built-in breaks. And he had been on his gold dust, the androgynous, and very controversial. I think that there was such a a yearning, especially on Dustin's part. What's next? What do we do next? You know, and I think the answer should have been. This is hindsight. Uh, the answer should have been go away, learn a new hold and come back whether, you know, it was for us or somebody, but give that character a rest. I think that that really would have helped the longevity of the gold dust character as it was, you know, growing up cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid, but eventually, man, we all grow out of it. We realize it's full of sugar and junk. We shouldn't be eating. And now, well, breakfast just isn't fun anymore until magic spoon. Man, I got to tell you, this has been a game changer in my household. Uh, for a long time, it felt like the girls just didn't want to eat breakfast at all. Man, they're racing to have Magic Spoon every morning. And Dad's pouring a bowl with them. And if you've been trying to cut down on carbs or sugar or unhealthy foods, you're thinking, well, this ain't going to work for me. Ah-ah! Listen to this. Zero grams of sugar. That's right. Magic Spoon has zero grams of sugar. Magic Spoon also has 13 to 14 grams of protein. Magic Spoon also only has four net grams of carbs in each serving. It sounds too good to be true, but Magic Spoon is only 140 calories a serving. It's keto-friendly. It's gluten-free. It's grain-free. It's soy-free. It's low-carb. It's GMO-free. But, buddy, it is full of flavor. Check this out. You can even build your own box. They've got these available flavors where you can build your own custom bundle. You got cocoa. You got fruity. You got frosted. You got peanut butter. You got blueberry. You got cinnamon. 
Man, this is like a game changer at my house. We've tried them all. I think the kids now are on board with Dad. They're starting to mix the peanut butter and the cocoa. It tastes like a peanut butter cup. It's tremendous, and it's not bad for you. It tastes great, and it's good for What? Magic Spoon really is magic. I don't know how they're doing it, but you got to try it for yourself. Go to magicspoon.com forward slash wrestle and grab a custom bundle of cereal and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code wrestle at checkout and save yourself $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product. It's backed by a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash wrestle and use the code wrestle to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode and a badass breakfast. It's magicspoon.com forward slash wrestle. Now it's time for a main event. We got Vader, Davy Boy, and Owen Hart on one side. Of course, Jim Cornette is their manager. Uh, how did uh, Owen and Davy like working with Vader? <laughs> Owen drove Vader nuts. How so? Ribbing him. Oh, I love that. You got Do any you good remember stories? the slammies where Owen accidentally uh, dumped the whole tray of food on Vader? Yes. Yeah. And Vader just held that against Owen forever. And Owen loved it. But Owen loved to fuck with Leon. He loved uh, to rib him and, and just, you know. God, was it Owen did that? Might have been. I don't even know who did it, whether it was Owen or Davy Boy. Somebody cut Vader's uh, laces on his boots. <laughs> so Leon was lacing up his boots, and he just thought, well, they're unlaced. And he gets up and he gets them all the way to the top, and they're just. Yeah, maybe a half inch short on each side. So there's no way you could tie, tie his boots up and everything would have to unlace shit like that. I don't think Leon was ever used to, you know, Leon was always the big dog in the dressing room and, Ooh, I'm big Van Vader and, and all this bullshit that Leon had that intimidation factor. And there was no intimidation factor. Right. When Leon came here. So, and Leon would sell. So Owen loved when people sold. But overall, I think they got along pretty good. I don't think Owen and, and Davey were crazy about working with, with Leon because sometimes you would touch him and then you'd get vadered. On the other side, it's Shawn Michaels, Ahmed Johnson, and Psycho Sid. Boy, I'm curious to hear what Sean thought of uh, his tag team partners here, Ahmed Johnson and Psycho Sid. How did they get along? They got along fine. You know, Sean and Sid got along real well. And Sean, you know, had, had used Sid as his bodyguard and um, the, one of the just, I don't want to say funny, cute, different things was before the WrestleMania 11 press conference. There We were in the back and there was Sid basically dressing Sean. And tying Sean's tie for him and getting him, you know, getting his hair put everywhere just right. And it was just, here's this giant monster of a man. He's tying Sean's tie and getting everything just right. It was kind of funny. But but they got along, they got along good. They had, they had a good relationship. What about Ahmed? Ahmed, um, I think everyone saw the potential in Ahmed. 
And I think that Sean saw the potential in Ahmed, definitely. But it was, you know, Ahmed was his own man. And, and pretty much, as hard as he would try, still didn't necessarily click with, with anybody, really. What do you think of the match? You know, this feels like a, a rather thrown together main event. Just here's our top baby faces and here's three of our top heels. what do you think of the chemistry and the way they pulled it off? Actually, I thought they pulled it off. Well, oh, it was a damn good match. Um, you, you look at the guys involved and you better have a damn good match out of it. I'm going to leave Ahmed out of that equation, but I probably better than it deserved to be based, based on who was in it and kind of the hodgepodgeness of, of putting it all together. What do you remember about the, uh, the fan who tried to hop the rail and he even makes it all the way to the ring apron before security gets him in these situations. It's live TV. Stupid. Yeah. Stupid, stupid, stupid. It's, you know, people forget. First of all, it's a show. Yeah. Um, would you go, you know, run up in the middle of Garth Brooks concert or a show on Broadway or something like that or a show on Broadway or, yeah. or whatever. The other thing about it is they also forget that they're jumping in on highly trained and skilled athletes that train to a lot of them, you know, train to hurt people. Yeah. <laughs> You know, so I, I just, I've never understood that. Uh, I think it's just really, really bad. I've never seen one that, uh, has, has been good for the person doing the jumping. This is a great moment though, of all the fan jumping the rail situations, go watch this one because when Ahmed Johnson realizes a fan is trying to jump in the ring. All it takes is the fan to get one good look at Ahmed looking at him and he just voluntarily jumps back. <laughs> so would I. Yeah. Yeah. So would I. It's all of a sudden reality hits, man. Oh, I didn't think this through. I'm going to go ahead and get back. They don't look as big on TV. So well, either way, Sean's going to set up the super kick. Jim Cornette's going to grab his ankle. Vader's going to charge the corner and give Michaels a big body block. Hits him with a Vader bomb, and that's the pin. After the match, Sid is going to power bomb Owen Hart and Davy Boy Smith, and then uh, he goes to power bomb Vader. But of course, Smith and Hart pull Vader out of the ring. Michaels then does the uh, running tope over the top on Vader. It gets three and three quarter stars in the Observer, and now we're all set. We're going to have Vader challenging for the world title at SummerSlam. What could have been, man? Could have been a hell of a finish to the year for Vader, huh? Okay. You don't think so? If the original plan had happened and it's SummerSlam and then it's Survivor Series and then it's Royal Rumble, Vader is WWF champ. That would have been cool, man. Yeah, I just don't think that the WWE audience bought Vader. Just really don't think they bought him. Why, why did y'all drop the ball with, why did you drop, oh, the drop the ball? What does that mean? He was a monster in WCW. How could they do it? And you couldn't because we didn't have the same guy that was in WCW. We had a guy that got beaten up by flip flop. We got a guy that had come in and had lost all of his self-confidence. We had a guy that came in grossly overweight. We didn't have the same guy. 
You got to get hot about attitude it. Attitude wise, look wise, weight wise, ability wise. We didn't drop the ball for shit. We're not the ones that kept, you know, saying, hey, gosh, man, you here, eat some more. Did you, um, did you know of any issues that Sean and Vader had at this point or do they not really come out until SummerSlam? No, not really at this point. At this point, I think everybody was still pretty high on, on Leon and hoping to get, you know, to get that out of him and put him in a position to do it. But once he was put in that position and wasn't able to keep up, well, that's when you realize, uh Oh, I got something other than what I thought I had. In hindsight, how much better was this match? Because the ultimate warrior wasn't in it. And Sid was, I mean, a six man tag definitely longer. (laughs) Yeah. 24 minutes. My goodness. No way you could do a warrior match in 24 minutes. Yeah, no, it was, it was definitely, definitely longer. And I just think every participant in that match probably felt better having Sid in there. Um, there's a couple of ugly looking suplexes here that Ahmed's going to throw on Owen. Was there any heat or concern about Ahmed as far as him being quote unquote dangerous in the ring, him and Owen really traded some unpleasant moments together. You know, I think that with Owen, I wouldn't be surprised at all. If Owen called it to look that way. Okay. You know what I mean? I think that Owen was the kind of guy. Owen always loved to paint his own pictures and Owen always loved to be different and do these unique things that other people didn't do where you would look like, Oh, it made him stand out. That was one of the things that was so special about Owen, how he worked. How about some good news? If dreams of vacations and enjoying the fun of life are turning back into reality for you, don't let concerns over financial setbacks keep you from saying yes. Credit karma is going to help you keep your financial goals in check. So you won't have to sit on pause on a good time ahead. Credit Karma's game-changing technology shows you tailored offers for credit cards and personal loans that you're more likely to be approved for, so you can apply with more confidence. Who wants more confidence? They use your credit and other financial information to show you custom recommendations. Whether you're looking for cash back, travel rewards, or to consolidate debt, Credit Karma can help you find the offers that fit your goals. With a selection of options and approval odds, you have the power to make informed decisions. Credit Karma, apply with confidence. Go to creditkarma.com slash podcast to learn more and find offers tailored just for you. That's creditkarma.com slash podcast, or you can see your offers on the Credit Karma app. Apply with confidence today. Go to creditkarma.com slash podcast or use the Credit Karma app. That's creditkarma.com slash podcast. So the show overall gets a mixed bag. According to the, uh, readers of the wrestling observer, it got 38.7% thumbs up 31.9% thumbs in the middle and 29.4% thumbs down. You watched it for the first time in 25 years this week, Bruce. What'd you think? Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. I thought it was thumbs up. It was a good show. Was it a great show? No, wasn't a great show, but it was a good show. And I think that overall, you know, told the stories and, and took some unfortunate situations and made the best out of them. But at the end of it, you, you felt good and you had a good two hour show. This to me felt like no way out would a few years later. It's sort of the lame duck show 
to bridge the gap between Royal rumble and WrestleMania, because it feels like so much of this show was really designed just to set up SummerSlam, right? That was the whole reason for the show. You know, you, you got committed into these monthly pay-per-views and so, yeah, it was one set up the next one. The uh, show is down in buy rate compared to beware of dog. You went from a 0.45 to a 0.37. Do you think the warrior coming off the card hurt the buy rate? Is it more uh, of an indicator that WCW is just a hotter product or are fans not really going to buy a six man main event as a heated issue? Well, you know, and again, not having the official numbers in front of me and going back and looking at official, like real numbers and what business actually was and listening to what, uh, a dirt sheet writer in California writes down his numbers. <sighs> I can't take a lot of credits at credit credence in that. Um, uh, because I don't think that he knew the numbers at all either. I think that he was getting his calling few people, the pay-per-view companies and, uh, things of that nature. And Hey, how'd this do? That's how he got his information. Make no mistake about it. He didn't have real numbers. He doesn't have our access to our real business numbers. So I, I, I really don't even know how to even respond to that because I, when I know that 99% of his stuff is false, um, it's, it's hard to, hard to react to that. Okay. Well, um, as a point of reference, King of the ring got a 0.60 by rate. Summer but you're reading Meltzer stuff. Nope. I'm not. You're reading our financials. Yes. Okay. If you're reading our financials, I don't have them in front of me. Let's jump to some questions. Now that I know you're cantankerous, I can tell that now you need a nap after your cinnamons, your cinnamon slams. Your cinnamon They're melts. They're like the people that ever went to McDonald's got cinnamelts. That's what these are, but ne they're homemade. Neil, uh, Neil Wagner writes with the loss of the ultimate warrior before the show and the addition of Sid, does Bruce remember any potential summer Sam storylines lost from warrior or gained by Sid? He did face bulldog at SummerSlam, but was that a plan made by this show? So let's break that down piece by piece. What would the warrior have done at SummerSlam? God, I don't even remember. I want to say what I want to, I want to, I want to say warrior. Uh, I want to say Vader, but we were going with, with, uh, Sean and Vader, Vader and Sean. So what would that have been? Well, bulldog. God, I don't even remember. Owen? It would probably would have had to be bulldog, right? Yeah. It, it would have either been bulldog or Owen. Well, it feels like the Owen Ahmed thing was, a, was a thing and, and bulldog did wind up wrestling Sid at SummerSlam. So perhaps that was it, but yeah, that, that may have been it. You know, one of the things with Owen, though, and Warrior was that we did talk about and did want to do was to get Warrior to have a match. A regular match. Yes. Yeah. Um, what about Sid? When Sid comes back on the scene, obviously he's viewed as an upgrade uh, within the office. Uh, but fan-wise, opponent-wise, matchup-wise, what matches are you excited about for Sid? Of course, we know he's going to wind up working with Sean towards the end of the year and become world champ, but that wasn't the original spot. That was supposed to be Vader's spot. Sid's rise here is just right place, right time, right? It really and truly is. It was, 
filling a void and Sid coming in and I think doing what Sid does, you know, Sid comes in and Sid will get over, man. People believe in this crazy bastard. Great look, great intensity, and they believed. Instagram a wrestling historian wants to know, would the main event have played out the same way if Ultimate Warrior had stayed? Meaning, would the heels have gone over? Would Vader have still pinned Sean? Probably. Because that was a story. That was where we were going. That was the big story to come out of everything. Sangravasi says, I would like to know, did Vince promise Sid a title run to fill in for Warrior? We know four months later, he's the champ at Survivor Series. Absolutely not. Uh, Colby wants to know, what was the process for naming each In Your House show? Did you have a single meeting to plan out several themes in a row? Or do you plan each show individually? What's that look like? No, they're individually. Usually at this time, they were based on location story and whatever we were doing at the time. Uh, GJ refill says previously, you said there was a point where Austin and Sable looked at each other and there seemed to be chemistry professionally, not romantically, just in that brief look. Is this the event where it happened? I I think there's a couple of times where you've remarked, but why don't you think that ever became a thing on camera? Not saying uh, real life, Steve, Steve didn't feel it, man. Steve did not feel, um, working with Sable at that time. He thinks would have brought him down. You're splitting the spotlight there because Sable was over. Oh yeah. And Steve was over like Rover. So you, you split that spotlight and now it's less of a focus on Steve. Well, we're going to be focused on Trish Stratus next week. That's going to bring this week's episode to a close in your house. Nine international incident. We'll be back next week to talk all things Trish. And then we'll wrap up the month of July with, are you ready for this? Bruce ask Bruce anything. What? I I love those. Don't ask me shit. Okay. Sick of your questions in August. We're going to cover some interesting stuff. Uh, we're going to cover SummerSlam 06. We're also going to cover, uh, Farouk, uh, and his run through the company. Uh, we're even going to take a look at an old Monday night raw, which will be a lot of fun. And I'm going to make you sit through hog wild 1996. I know you're excited. The hell about is that? that? Exactly. It's the Sturgis motorcycle rally with wrestling. Why? Because I want to punish you. That's mean, but you made me watch it. I'm, I'm, I'm a fat guy, right? And you just ate cinnamon, melty, swirly Dunkaroos in front of me. You awesome. I mean, how are you going to get it here from Connecticut? I'm in Abilama, as you call it. Abilama. Yeah. Sweet home. Abilama. Well, yeah. How, uh, how excited are you? The fans are going to be back tonight on SmackDown. You have no idea. And how about this? They're coming back in Houston. What about that? They are the first. It's that's pretty damn cool. You know, Houston was really the last huge um, live event we had with Royal Rumble. So yeah, it's a uh, pretty pretty big, pretty big. I'm excited. I think that there's nothing like a live audience. How how fun is it too that the first uh, SmackDown after 9/11 was in Houston, and now the first SmackDown with fans. After the pandemic, Houston, Houston's a spot. 
It's going to be fun, man. I'm excited. I haven't seen SmackDown yeah, it's, with, it's with, gonna be fun. with fans in a while. So stay tuned tonight on Fox. Fans are back. Then you got the big pay-per-view this weekend, Money in the Bank. And then Monday, you guys are in Dallas, right? Absolutely. It's a Texas run, by God. It, it'll, it'll be like my old weekends back in the day with Mid-South. The only thing replacing it would it would be uh, Fort Worth on Friday night at Billy Bob's and then Sunday in Tulsa and Oak City. What about uh, the fam? Are they going with you to this run? No. Oh, okay. Gotta work. Well, I thought they might want to hang out with friends and family while no. you're there. No, I have no friends. I have no family. Not you. I know you don't. Oh, okay. Them. Oh, you, your family has friends and family. You don't. Okay. You got Bill Gray and me and, uh, JP Shield. <laughs> you got some weird friends now that I think about it. Yeah, I do. God, especially when they say it out loud, that's kind of weird. It is weird, but it's weird that we're on time this week. It only took four tries, but I appreciate you uh, blocking off some time for me this morning in between bites. Can I turn my phone back on now? You can turn your phone back on and be sure to hit the subscribe button. Tell everybody about something to wrestle. Uh, if you haven't already go, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're hitting a milestone or so they tell me, uh, Steve Kaufman's doing a great job over there. So if you're trying to introduce the show to a friend of yours, maybe the best way to do it is through YouTube. You can see clips there. And of course you get all of our shows early and ad free over at adfreeshows.com and We'll be back next week to talk about Trish Stratus. Easy for me to say, uh, until next week, he is at Bruce Richard. I am at, Hey, Hey, it's Conrad. And we hope you watch SmackDown tonight with fans. Come on, get you some of that. We'll see you next week right here on something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. Love you all rock on. Is that your new thing? You're going to say, love you all. No. Okay. I just felt like it today. All right. You got to get hot about it. I do love them. Are you going to poop again? They listen to our stuff. I love them. You don't love them? Oh, of course I do. Are you going to go poop again? Nope. I'm all pooped out. It's gurgling. Dude, at one point you could hear it over the microphone. I just didn't bring attention to it. You could hear your stomach rumble? Yeah. What do you, what do you think it is? You think it's your diet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See you next week, guys. Uh, bye. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.